Welcome to another edition of the SC Times Sports Report Podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer, and joining me as he does every week is my co-host Brian Mosey. Brian, it is bright and early. I think this is the earliest we've ever recorded this. It's like 7.40 in the morning. Um, You were just at State Volleyball until probably 9 or 10 last night. How are you doing this morning? If you hear my voice really low, it's because I just woke up probably like 45 minutes ago. (laughs) But uh, no, doing good. a lot of a lot of events over the last week or so and weekend um and then plenty of stuff coming your way i know the high school season's kind of dwindling down a little bit with state tournaments um but we also have the winter season popping back up and then after that we'll have uh and then we also have college stuff i think you're kind of in the thick of college season with uh, all the different tournaments and end of the season type of stuff so uh definitely a busy time that's for sure <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. We're kind of in that crossover point where, yeah, those, especially even in college, you know, we're getting to NCAA tournaments, we're getting to conference tournaments while high school sports, I think like what today already girls hockey starts, if I Mm -hmm. remember right, already starts having games. So um, there's a lot going on that we're kind of all trying to wrangle up and keep track of. But yeah, like Brian said, we'll, we'll get some of that college news at the end. There's um, a couple big games for teams this weekend. Um, and we also will talk a little bit about that soccer Rapids state game you were at, but let's start with cross country where we spent a lot of hours this last Saturday covering. <laughs> we had, um, teams in all three classes competing. Um, we got there around noon to see class a boys and girls and class double a boys and girls. Whilst we had a couple Sartell runners we missed in the early part of the day. Um, but there was a lot of people competing a lot to keep an eye on. Um, where should we start with how Saturday went? I think we should probably start with, uh, just the number one runner that we were kind of keeping eyes on. Um, and she also did very well. Um, Albany's Olivia Gable, she, um, she was kind of one of the top ranked runners heading into that class, a double a girls, uh, meet. And she kind of was able to prove that uh on on saturday well she got second place um she was competing basically neck and neck with uh hutchinson's isabel smith schmitz um and it was kind of funny because like right when we i think the first mile you were taking photos at that point and they were basically right neck and neck i mean they they didn't really um no one nobody really had the lead yet and then when they went into the woods um, it was funny cause Olivia even said, she's like, anytime that I sped up, she'd sped up. And so she got, she's like, it got frustrating cause I wanted to like take over the spot and, or like match her pace. And every time that I went faster, she would go faster. So clearly she, she did something well. Um, and Isabel was able to get the first place spot, but Olivia also ran a very good time. Um, she finished with 18, 1807, um, for a time and. I know she's been able to run under 18 a couple times this season. Um, but I think for her, it was just a lot of fun because she was able to see the competition level rise. I mean, last year in Class A, she was kind of running with her teammate, um, Christine Koltoff. And now she has a lot of different people that she can kind of compete against because the times are a little bit more in her in her wheelhouse. And so... Um, I think this will just benefit her more. She's only a sophomore, so she's got two more years left. And um, yeah, but a very good run for her. Um, that's for sure. Yeah, and it was 
by the time that was the last race of the day, probably around, I think, 3.30 that one started, it was actually, like, weirdly warm and hot, not even, like, what you would expect from a November cross-country meet. It was, like, pleasant, even kind of getting, it was really sunny, so it wasn't even great conditions for, you know, somewhat for getting your best time. There was a lot of people, especially that last girls' race, coming across just collapsing and just brutal pain. Um, but Olivia still put in one of her better times of the year, like you mentioned, um, a little bit off of getting under 18 like she would have liked. But there's more chances. Obviously, the, you know, winner from Hutchinson's a sophomore. I think other other few in the top five or ten were sophomores as well. So we're probably going to see a lot of these faces the next couple of years competing for state titles. Um, so it's not like there's, you know, six seniors that finished ahead of her or something that are graduating. No, it's going to be some of these same girls. But yeah, she stayed strong through the beginning, um, even looked, you know, it wasn't, she wasn't completely dead at the end, you know, like stumbling across the finish line. She was still able to finish pretty strong. So, um, you know, a great, a great performance by her and kind of proving that she was ranked that highly, um, you know, all year long and then came in and, and still finished second was pretty impressive. No, absolutely. I mean, that was kind of the main, the main person that we were kind of focusing on um, that Saturday. And there were a few other t- um you know, runners that kind of just kind of came out of nowhere, honestly. Um, and they were able to have a really good performance. One of them being St. Cloud Christian's Emily Gustafson. Um, she actually went into the state tournament as her fourth cross country meet ever. Um, she had an in- injury in the, in the soccer season and, and she couldn't, she wasn't able to kick the um, soccer ball, but yet she was able to run just fine. So she said it was a weird injury. Um, she doesn't know exactly what happened, um, but in any case, she really liked running. So she switched over to cross country middle of the season and um, advanced to the state state meet. And she actually finished pretty well at Class A girls. Um, she finished 15th overall with a time of 1950. And uh, I mean, for her, I think it was just kind of surprising just to be at the state tournament or state meet, um, let alone finishing in the top 15 is kind of unbelievable so um but she's I, I mean she's only a sophomore and so um i mean similar to similar to olivia she's going to be there for a couple more years and um who knows what what she's able to do um in the future but definitely uh definitely a fun story i know you kind of mentioned it to me um when we were at the finish line and um i, I was looking down at the at the results on my phone and all of a sudden i put, looked up and she was right there and I'm like, Oh, well, I'll give her a shout and see if I can talk to her for a little bit. <laughs> so kind of a fun, fun little story to, to kind of, to be around, um, especially throughout the day. He always like hearing those types of stories for sure. Yeah. And it, imagine, you know, what she could possibly do next year with actually training specifically for <laughs> cross country, running more meets. I mean, she ran, you know, less than probably half as many meets as most of these girls ran during the year. So that'll be definitely something to keep an eye on if she can kind of even make a bigger jump next year um, with even more of that experience with it being her first cross country season. So it was even interesting because we we were especially focusing on that race cathedral girls because they went as a team, they were ranked number one um, and they had a little bit of a tough day to finish um, fifth, almost fourth um, in the team standings in that, but she finished ahead of all of them that we kind of expected. So um, that was really impressive. So yeah, cathedral girls went, as a team, Cathedral Boys also went, I believe they finished eighth, am I correct? Um, so both of them had, you know, it was, I'm sure, a little more disappointing than they would have liked. They kind of had high hopes for either, you know, one of those podium positions. 
Um, but still some good times, still some good performances to build upon. And the vast majority of those runners um, are going to be back, especially on the girls' sides. I don't think there were any seniors. There might have only been like one senior or none. So they have a lot coming back. The boys, um, Turner Shad was their top finisher, who's a senior, um, who had a good end to his cross-country career. We'll see kind of if he continues that in um, in track as well, like he did, having a really good junior season at the state track meet. Um, but they as well have have a lot of sophomores and juniors that were running. So I think, um, you know, future still really bright for both of those cathedral teams. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and then one other team that kind of, uh, they didn't make it as a team, but um, a lot of individuals being sent was Ricori, um, eighth grader Elise Hoffer. Um, she kind of led the Spartans on the girls' side for Class AA girls, finishing 14th overall with a time of 1919. Um, and then junior Lena Veer and, and senior Ava Larson, they both finished in the top 50, um, finishing 25th and 43rd overall um, with times kind of around the 20-minute mark-ish. Um, so some good performances by those three. Um, I know they were kind of – they had to battle two of the top teams in the state to try and get into the state tournament. And so um, definitely a, a good performance by those those three, two of them coming back next year to kind of hopefully get back to that state tournament and be able to compete once again. And then Ricori's Vincent Calusa on the boys' side for Class AA. Um, he finished in the top 15 in 13th place with a time of 16.36, which is the best boys' time um, in our area. Uh, and so just a very good very good performance by them. Um Apollo had a couple people that made, or had a few people that made it. Um, I know Sartell had a few people that made it as well for boys and girls. All of them kind of finishing middle of the pack um, for most of those for most of those meets, and so um, kind of fun to see. I mean, when you have what 15 different individuals and then two teams going to um, the state meet, it's just nice to see all those different people and a lot of them being so young that. You know, I'm sure that we're going to be going back there next year and covering more teams and more and more individuals. So, um, but definitely a fun day, a lot warmer of a day than I was expecting on, in November. That's for sure. Um, so can't complain about that. I didn't have to wear a jacket at all. So um, here goes for next year having to do the same. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee it's going to be 30 and rainy next year. And that like mile walk from the parking lot uphill to to where they run is not going to be as pleasant. I have a feeling, but <laughs> yeah, just, I was last going to mention Ricori. Like you said, the girls team had um, a great performance and they were in a really tough spot. Alexandria and Wilmer were some of the, you know, top finishers, not even just in the section, but also not ranked all year even, but they were top ranked. And then they also finished that same way as state too. So, you know, Ricori, their girls team was probably good enough to probably finish fourth, fifth, sixth, that state, but then even get a chance because their section was so stacked with those two teams. So, um, still a great year for the Spartans. Like you said, a lot of great individual performances. Um, and we'll, you'll kind of see that highlighted when we, um, I'll be the one doing all Metro cross country. You'll get to see kind of how they, how all these, um, guys and girls stacked up each other in all these different classes. Um, when we put that list together. So I'm excited to get that finished up. Absolutely. No, that's, that's for sure. Uh, going to be a fun fun time to to kind of go back next year and, and see how all these individuals do um, over the next couple of seasons because a lot of young talent around this area, which is always kind of fun to see. Um, 
I think we can probably transition into volleyball, um, where I was at last night. Um, Sock Rapids Rice, they were able to win and kind of go through that um, Section 8-3A tournament pretty smoothly, um, beating Alexandria on Saturday in Melrose 3-1. to Dave was over there taking pictures, and um, he even described it as kind of a wild atmosphere just because I mean, with Alexandria being, I think they were 21-1 and going into that match, um, you kind of expected that maybe the Cardinals would be able to win. I mean, they they, they beat Sauk Rapids twice during the regular season. So, um, I mean, the expectation was, was that they were probably going to win. Um, but Sauk Rapids came out flying. They were able to get that win and, and advance the state tournament. Um, they had a tough draw um, in the in the bracket having to play number two, Cass in Manorville, who's, I believe it was 28-3 and three heading into Wednesday night. Um, and they actually played each other in a tournament at Eastview High School earlier the, during the regular season, and um, Cass and Manorville won 2 nothing. So um, I think they used a little bit of that to try and, try and help them. But, um, I mean, I think it was more the memorable day rather than the than the outcome um, for the storm on on Wednesday. Um, they were swept three nothing pretty dominantly by the Comets, um, and I mean they'll they'll continue to play. Sock Rapids will have a chance to continue um, at the state tournament in the consolation semifinals on Friday against Chisago Lakes. But um, I think for more more or less of them, they their goal was to get to state. And, you know, that was one of their dreams was to get over there. So um, I know that's something that they're very proud of, being able to get to the XL Energy Center. They had a lot of fans that showed up last night um, for an hour drive that you have to do. That's a, I mean, there was a lot of community behind their back and, and students behind their back kind of supporting them, which was really cool. Um, I know all the players kind of talked about that after the match, um, but I mean, as for the match, I mean, Cass and Manorville just came out flying in the first two um, sets. They they were able to just they had such good speed. Um, they were quick when it came to reading it the the offense of the storm to kind of do their defense. Their back row was digging out balls that I couldn't even imagine. Um, their setter was phenomenal. She she was able to do a jump set and basically set it perfectly to any person that needed it. Um, and then their hitters were able to find the open spots to, you know, put the point to put the kill away. Um, and so the first set, they won 25-16. Second set, they won 25-11 pretty favorably. Um, and then the Storm kind of came out in the third set, got a 7-2 to lead. And um, you could kind of feel that the momentum was maybe changing a little bit. Um, and right when that kind of felt like maybe the storm might be able to grab a grab a set and maybe get that momentum shift cast manorville just came right back um they tied at 11 11 and um they were able to win 25 or 25 15 in that third set to capture the sweep but overall i mean it was fun atmosphere the girls were having a good time they were smiling um they knew that it was going to be a tough challenge to beat that that comets team um and I mean, they'll be able to play Chisago Lakes on, on Friday at 7 p.m. at the Excel Energy Center. If they win, they get to play Saturday at 11 a.m. for the Constellation Championship. Um, so, I mean, they're, they're definitely preparing themselves for Friday. I think another part of it was nerves. 
when you're getting into the XL Energy Center and you got the spotlight on you and all that type of stuff. I mean, you never you never know what it's going to be like until you get there. And so um, you could definitely tell that maybe some of the nerves were there in the first couple of sets. But now that they've played an actual match under those lights, I think they'll be more prepared for Friday's match against the Saga Lakes. But definitely a fun one to watch, that's for sure. Yeah, and, um, you know, with, with how the fall went, we were kind of expecting, you know, Soccer Rapids football to be the one that the community was getting behind and going to follow at State. Um, and they came up short. So it was it was cool to see that they did kind of get that moment because volleyball, you know, was below 500, not expected um, to do much, especially with Alexandria in the section, who, like you said, had been so dominant, beat all those teams multiple times. Um, so to get that upset and and be able to go to state, at least, and like you said, still get at least one more game at state was still huge for them. Um, and it's probably going to do a lot to help them build for the future, too. So um, hopefully, the you know, they they can kind of regroup, get over this loss, um, and come back tomorrow on Friday um, and, you know, kind of give it a renewed effort and see where that can take them. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, a lot of seniors on this team, so, you know, there's going to be a lot of turnover heading into next year, but um, but a lot of talent on, on the younger end, too. So I think Karen's been, their head coach, Karen Beckman, has been doing a really good job of developing this program um, not only at the varsity level but junior varsity to kind of get that program started and, and feed those players into the varsity in, into the varsity team but this is the first time that they reached state since 1988 so it'd been a little while since they had reached state so I know this was a huge accomplishment for them and and something that they were kind of striving for since those seniors have been you know freshmen or sophomores and playing on the varsity team so a very cool moment last night and um, very happy to see them being able to to compete at that state level. Yeah, and with with volleyball wrapping up now this weekend, you know, on Friday, like you mentioned, um, we're getting down to it on the amount of fall sports we really have left going on. The the main ones um, this current week that are coming up is section girls swimming, which then will have state the following week, and then adapted soccer will be um, the following week as well on that Friday Saturday, which. Um, I think I can't remember if I'd mentioned it last show, but I found out that um, St. Cloud Crush, they've actually already qualified for state adapted soccer um, by being one of the top two finishers in their division. They don't have to play, you know, any section type games before the state tournaments. They will be at the state tournament on the 19th and 20th of November. So the main thing to to still cover before then is section swimming. And I know you kind of plan to be out um, kind of keeping track on that this week. Right, Brian? Yeah. Yeah. Um... Girls swimming and diving starts tonight on Thursday night. It'll continue Friday and Saturday over the weekend. Um, preliminary rounds kind of start Thursday. Um, and then diving pre- prelims and semifinals will be Friday. And then Saturday will be the actual finals for everything. Um, our seven teams are kind of split into three different sections. Um, section 5A includes Tech, Sock Rapids, and Cathedral. They'll be at Becker for the weekend. Their prelims for swimming starts Thursday at 5 p.m. Um, then they have prelims and semis for diving at 4.45 p.m. on Friday. And then their finals for diving and swimming are going to be at noon. Um, and then for Section 6A, that will include Apollo, Ricori, and Albany. They'll be at the University of Minnesota Morris. Um, and their swimming prelims will start on Thursday at 5 p.m. Their diving prelims and semis will start at 5 p.m. on Friday, and then their finals um, will consist at 1 p.m. 
um, on Saturday for Sartell. They kind of made the jump. They had to make the jump up to double A. So they'll be in section eight double A for swimming and diving. Um, and it's a brand new section for them. And they're kind of the lone local team in that one. But they're hosting um, the the section swim swimming and diving. So, um, but they will be starting on actually at 5 p.m. Um, with the swimming prelims. And then Saturday, it's kind of a double header, honestly. Um, they have a um, they have the swimming or the diving uh, semis and prelims kind of in the afternoon, sometime around like noon or one. And then they have the swimming and diving finals at 4 p.m. at Sartell High School. So um, a busy time, that's for sure, um, this weekend. And I'll be kind of putting out um, results from tonight on Thursday as well as Friday and Saturday. So you can check out sctimes.com for all that information. Um, the top 16 individuals will make it to the finals for both swimming and diving. Um, they'll also have two alternates depend, um, you know, in case anybody gets injured or anything like that. And then the top four um Divers, as well as the top two individuals or relay teams for each event, will advance to the state tournament. And then, as well as if you reach the state standard, which is a certain time in each event, if you reach that time, um, no matter whether you're first, second, third, fourth, whatever, you can you can reach state. Um, but you definitely have to make that first two if if you don't reach that standard. So, um, but yeah, should be a fun time. I'm expecting a handful of swimming and divers to um, make it to the state tournament next week. Uh, the, that's over at the University of Minnesota on Friday and Saturday. Um, and so I'll probably be down there at one of the days or both of the days. Haven't really figured that out that, that figured out that schedule yet, but definitely expecting many, many um, swimmers and divers to make it from the local area for next weekend. Yeah, that, yeah, that usually kind of seems to be the, the theme that a lot of individuals usually will we'll qualify when we have, you know, a lot of good swim teams like you've been able to see this year. So that's definitely going to be one of the main focuses the next week. I know also with winter sports already starting up, you're working on dance previews, girls hockey previews, gymnastic previews, all that kind of stuff in the next week. So um, that's something to keep an eye on too. I know um, a lot of those have already started practice, obviously, and we'll be having events, games. Um, Girls basketball, I think, starts next week and boys basketball is the following week is one of the last to start. So um, we're getting to it. It's it's really getting time to, um, you know, get to the winter sports season. Absolutely. No, it's crazy time. And I know this week you've been kind of on photo duty because Dave's been gone. Um, and so I'm sure you're kind of getting hectic with uh, all the different photo assignments and stuff. But um, soon we'll be eating Thanksgiving turkey. And then the following week we'll be going back to normal schedules of Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and it'll be a glorious time to kind of know what our schedule is going to be like nowadays. <laughs> that will be. That will be that. nice. <laughs> Absolutely. And also with, um, I don't think we really have much other high school stuff, so I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll touch on a couple of college things before we wrap up. It's going to be a shorter show today, but um, that's just kind of the way it is. There's not as, It's kind of our, our little lull of probably the only time for the next about four or five months, so other than maybe around Christmas. But we have some big tournaments we'll talk in the next couple of weeks about um, around that time, too. So for college, the, the main things are St. Cloud State is back home this weekend for men's hockey, still number one in the country. Uh, they're going to be playing Omaha, who is number 11 in the country. 
I know for the St. Cloud Times, you guys have like a suite on Saturday, and I did not get invited. I will be working, so <laughs> I'll be working the game, so I'm a little I'll, salty. I'll run some food down to you so that you can have a bite to eat, you know? So. That I appreciate, yeah. I, that was, yeah. <laughs> um, so that will be happening, but yeah, they have a two-game series against Omaha, who comes in, they're scoring the most goals per game in the country, or have most total goals scored in the country. Um, one of the best offenses going against St. Cloud State, who's allowed the second fewest goals in the country per game. So I'm excited to see kind of how that battle goes. Um, St. Cloud State's power play has also still been easily top in the country, and Omaha's committed one of the most penalties in the country. So those are going to be kind of the battles that I'm going to be keeping an eye on um, that are really, I think, going to kind of shift how the weekend series goes. So that's going to be a big thing going on. Um, this weekend, I know I, I had a preview about men's basketball that came out earlier this week. St. Cloud State, they're going to start on Friday. Um, and Saturday, they're hosting um, kind of a conference challenge slash tournament um, at Hallenbeck Hall. So they're going to be getting their season started off. They have all five starters back, almost their entire roster. Um, so they're kind of looking to make a jump this year. I'm excited to see how they start. Um, and then also St. John's football, um, as they've continued to just roll through 9-0, and Outs. They won last week 38-10 to 10 to stay undefeated. They're going to be facing Bethel for the Mayak title. Um, excited for this one because it was a one-score game the last time they played at St. John's. That was back in September. And both Bethel and St. John's since then have been undefeated, not tested very much. Neither have trailed since that game either. So someone's going to have to in this game. That's just how <laughs> football works. So um, it's at Bethel because kind of how they're doing the new Mayak Championship Week thing. Each year, one of the divisions hosts all the games versus the other division and it as the crossover. So next year, St. John's, no matter what position they fit, they finish, they'd be playing at home. But this year, they're going to be on the road um, at Bethel, which kind of adds to the excitement since they, they played at St. John's the last time these two played. So this could have big implications for, I mean, whoever wins is going to get a bid to the NCAA tournament. Both of these teams are, you know, probably going to make the football playoffs regardless just because they're both you know top 15 teams so i don't think that's really on the line the big thing will be you know that seeding how many home games you can possibly have because in uh in division three the the games are at home basically all the way until the finals so if you're able to get one of the top seeds that really sets you up well for the playoffs so um that's going to be big on the line uh this weekend as well and just there's just so much else going on. Look, I looked at the sports schedule for this weekend. I'm like, wow, because <laughs> there's still people like St. Cloud State Volleyball who just wrapped up a, a conference title for the first time in a very long time and are you know preparing their last conference games. They still have a conference tournament next week. While um, basically every other D3 sport has started, you know, basketball, hockey, swimming, you know, so many different things going on. So um, keep it. Keep track on the area scoreboard, especially this weekend, I would say, if you want to know what's going on, because there is a lot happening. But yeah, the St. Cloud State men's hockey and St. John's football still um, looking really strong this year and have some big games this weekend. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get out to um, get out to the St. Cloud State hockey game on Saturday night and uh, be fun to see what the atmosphere is like now that everybody's back. I know you've been out there a couple times since um, they've had a couple home games and such, but um, be fun to go check out what it's like to to have all the fans back out there and such. And um, yeah, I, I think I got to go buy some Husky gear because I don't think I have any. So I might have to go buy a, a, a T-shirt or something uh, for Husky hockey because I don't want to like 
not be blended into the crowd, you know? I mean, yeah, you want to feel included. Bad, so, up in, up, feel included up in the suite above everybody else. Well, and, and then I have, I think I'm going to the UND game um, in December, and um, my entire, or my fam, or my, my girlfriend's family are all UND fans. So, um, I think I'll be the only one wearing SCSU stuff uh, for, for that game. So, um, and I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen on that one because I would I would plan to just be like kind of standing along the staircase most of that game, not get, sit too close to them because that might <laughs> <laughs> that just might be more dangerous. You might be better off just watching like the message. Yeah, right. <laughs> That'd be my suggestion. But I'm um, not with them. No. Yeah, not with them. That should be your sign. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so there those are big things going on. There's. Yeah, there's, you know, for even cross-country for Division three and Division two, I know their championships are coming up. There's just so much different stuff going on. So um, for all of, you know, your questions on that, we'll have a lot of stories coming out on sctimes.com of results, um, wrap-ups, and, and some game coverage this weekend, too. So, yeah, Friday and Saturday, that's kind of my plan, is to be at St. Cloud State, both of those nights uh, for hockey, and then also be keeping tabs on that St. John's Bethel game. Um, during the afternoon on Saturday. And then I know you're, and like you said, basically you're going to be section swimming is going to be kind of your main focus the rest of the week. Yep. And I'll be over at Becker High School on Saturday during the day for the finals. And other than that, I'll be putting up roundups every night. So stay tuned to sctimes.com because we'll have plenty of stuff. And then, like you even said, we'll have all metros coming out. And I got previews coming out next week. And so we'll have. Lots of stuff coming your way, so plenty of plenty of things to, to read and, and watch as we get ready for the next couple of weeks before Thanksgiving rolls around. Yeah, so I mean, there's there's not really anything else to get to today. I think this is easily our shortest show since like before football started, like summer when we were just talking about like amateur baseball and stuff. I don't think we've had one this short either, without picks, without previews, games, without as many sports going on. That's just that's just kind of how it's going to be. I have a feeling. Yeah, no, I mean it's. Crazy to think, but yeah, we're we're kind of getting on the end of uh, the winter season, so we'll have previews come out for the win for the winter season um, coming coming here soon. But um, we haven't been able to talk to all the coaches and stuff yet. So um, once we do that, we'll kind of slowly start getting into the winter season and previewing all the different sports. But yeah, right now just kind of a slow slow start, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay with a little bit of some slowness in the middle of November. So. And I, once once we kind of start rolling out these previews next week, sure, I'm too in the next podcast or two. We'll start going through a couple of them per show, a couple of the sports, and uh, give you an eyes on what to kind of look out for the winter as well. But yeah, before that, I think that, that'll kind of wrap up the show today. So uh, once again, thank you for tuning in to the SC Times Sports Report podcast, and we will see you again next time.